A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. The one, the only, Neil Humphreys. <laughs> well, certainly the only, as my wife would testify. <laughs> Whether that's a good thing, very much up for debate. Neil, great to see you again. As always, we've had a couple of fun segments yes. already this morning. Let's talk now. You know, it's a wild world out there. And this week, mm. uh, one of the, I think, sadder stories when it comes to history, archaeology, architecture, the the burning of Notre Dame. I noticed you said Notre Dame then. I know Americans say Notre Dame, right? Well, that's the football that's team. That's the football team, which is named <laughs> after the, the Notre Dame. Yes. Yeah. Bit of backstory very briefly. I got a four-word text from my mother in England while I was asleep, and it read, Notre Dame on fire. Mm. And I ignored it and went back to sleep. And I'll tell you why. Because my mother exaggerates. She will say things like, I think I'm dying. And then I'll phone her up. What happened? Oh, I fell over outside the shopping mall. And so she has a, she has a propensity for exaggeration. So okay. when she said Notre Dame on fire, I just guess some kids were outside with sparklers or something. Mm. Then I see the footage. And I'm genuinely shocked. Notre Dame really is on fire. And it was so evocative, wasn't it, the imagery, because it's an 850-year-old medieval uh, cathedral. You know, it survived World War II. It survived Hitler's invasion. It survived the bombing. Many of the London's buildings were not spared. St. Paul's Cathedral Mm. had major damage from the Blitzkrieg. But uh, right in the middle of Paris... Notre Dame has survived, survived everything. Right? everything. Survived, yeah. Yeah. you know, survived everything. And I've been there many, many times. And I've got weird stories about Notre Dame because, and Singaporeans will know exactly what I'm about to say here because it will sound weird to you, Glenn. But when I was covering the Euro 2016 football tournament, right. I was predominantly based in Paris. Okay. And I had to do videos every day. Now, there is a tendency in Singapore for people to enjoy a little gambling, as we know. During, <laughs> no. Yeah, during major football tournaments. Okay. And we always want an edge. We always want a tip. Right. We always want an advantage. Now, they will take their betting tips from everywhere. They will take it. There was a parrot one year that took one side of the food rather than the other <laughs> side of the food. So that became, if you took the left side, it was this team. And if it was the right side, it was this team. We even had an octopus. There was a famous octopus, do you remember, who used to take oh, yes. food from one box rather than than the other box, and Singaporeans would all bet on that box. (laughs) So my editor said, I want you to stand outside Parisian landmarks Mm. and come up with something like that. Mm. Because the only videos you do... They want, no one cares about your predictions, your analysis, yeah. your highlights. Give them betting tips. Sure. So I was standing outside Notre Dame every day finding tourists who were from the respective countries. So if Germany was playing France, yeah. I had to find a German tourist and a French tourist. Glenn, I was doing <laughs> the most stupid things ever. I had them playing rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> If the German won rock, paper, scissors, then Germany were going to win that match. You think this is daft, but Singaporeans would send me emails saying, you did, the German did rock, paper, scissors, and Germany won, and I made money, so make sure I was doing rock, paper, scissors, I was doing I Spy, I was doing, you name it, I was doing all these things outside Notre Dame That's hilarious. to make Singaporeans some money. So when you see Notre Dame on fire, you're shocked. It's not. You think about betting and saving. About, is that what you're thinking? I, that was Wait my first reaction, but my uh. second reaction was genuinely Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was one sure. of the first novels I ever read, Victor Hugo, and the fact, as we keep saying, it's an iconic building on fire. Yeah, that's the poignant part, the sad part. Mm. Let's do the positives. First positive, it brought Paris together. I thought that was wonderful. 
Paris is very divided right now. Mm-hmm. You've seen the yellow vest protests. Yellow vests, yeah. mm-hmm. There is a real fallout from globalization, rich poor divide, immigration, the idea that foreigners are swamping their city and taking their jobs. Whether it's right or wrong, that's the current mood. It's very incendiary. President's under a lot of pressure. That happens, and Notre Dame's fire succeeded where the President Macron has failed. It brought the city together, which is wonderful. That's the positive. I want to know what you think on this, Glenn. I started to get more and more uncomfortable as it went on. When it became clear that A, no one had died, that's important, no one got injured, the firefighters did a magnificent job saving most of the uh, Mm. exhibits and treasures, risking their own lives. When it became clear that no one was killed or injured and most of the building had been saved, I was starting to get uncomfortable with the billionaires who then started to come forward. And it was a race to look the most charitable, right? Well, I'm putting forward 200. I'm putting forward 300. Yeah. I'm put, I mean, what, I was starting to get uncomfortable with that. And this is this is where the story is going exactly. now, right? And has gone since actually the day after the fire. Yes. Because something like 800 million or 700 million euros have already been committed, 100 million by this millionaire or billionaire, yep. 300 million by another. And, and you're right, there, is, there seems to be this sort of game of one-upsmanship, which of course, hey, great that you're contributing to the cause, but that has now almost inflamed the yellow vest movement and people like that even more saying, look how much money these Absolutely. rich people have. And they're not Absolutely. able to in some way make the lives of regular people better. And Absolutely. they're here to you know, immediately pump hundreds of millions into a building. Absolutely correct. A, a very worthy building. Yeah, but, I could not uh, agree more. So that, this is interesting now. So um, I guess, you know, egalite, liberté, fraternité yeah, uh, is all coming to a head with the... Uh, well, some uh, people are more you know, equal than others. Well, you know, and, and that clearly is the argument on one side. And, and I'm loath to get involved in whataboutery because, you know, that can go on forever. But in this case, you do have to say what about. There was a post that went viral. While uh, the president of America, the vice president, are giving their thoughts and prayers to a building, (laughs) you know, no one died. Nine African-American churches were burned in the same period. You know, they were in the U.S. No one gave any thoughts or prayers to them. That's in your own country, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's a real whataboutery. Why this one, not that one? And the most poignant example, uh, it's not in the same country, but many people in Britain, many people in positions of power in Britain did the same thing, thoughts and prayers, possible donations. Now, everybody remembers the Grenfell Tower tragedy. It's still still encased. It's it's still encased. In the thing, yeah. Um, It hasn't been demolished yet. Uh, Many people died, as we know. Many of the families are still, still in temporary accommodation. They haven't been found homes yet. Mm. Now, you're thinking, this is the kind of thing that, as you rightly say, only antagonizes people who already feel marginalized, no longer part of society, very much on the wrong side. Left out. Of the rich-poor divide. You can give money for a church in the billions, but you can't give money for people who are homeless. But this is what we don't know is how much money these billionaires have given to charitable causes. Mm. That was not part of the story that came out. True. You know, they said they were giving $100 million or tell 300 us, right? The first thing well, they would do is, is, is good, is good I don't citizenry, know. right, to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I'm assuming that guys that are that wealthy, women, men, whoever, mm. corporations, they do also give a lot to other social causes. Now, it's not stopping world hunger or maybe some of those, but this is the part of the story where I think before we get too 
angry or oh, yeah, I'm not whatever. Angry. Well, you know what I mean? Though. Yeah, yeah. Society gets exactly. too angry to look at the at the bigger picture. It is notable though that the money came in so fast and so big. Mm. And of course, there's a, there's a fund in the U.S. as well through the Catholic Church in the in the U.S. Mm. to send money their way. It's going to cost over a billion euros to yeah. redo or something. That's the estimate. But there could be you know more to the story about. Rich people only giving money to this when, in fact, they could be giving money to other things. And well. let's be honest, it's their money. They can give it to whoever they want. To be sure. And yes, just to recap, 100 million by the owner of Gucci, 200 mm. million by the family of Louis Vuitton, <laughs> 200 by L'Oreal, and 100 million from an oil giant. Um, but it's interesting to note that the, uh, the 100 million pledged by the owner of Gucci, Francois-Henri Pinal, within a day of him pledging his 100 million, his concierge, his right-hand man, Jean-Jacques Alagon, said that all such donations should receive a 90% tax deduction. <laughs> now, the backlash to this was so severe that was he himself, he, he, he backtracked, to be fair to him, he backtracked from his comments. But he's not the first person this week to suggest that there should be a tax deduction on yeah. these donations, which effects means that it's a charitable giving in France <laughs> attracts a 60% tax rebate. So any industri- industrialist who gives $100 million, the public will pay $60 million of it through taxes. <laughs> so this is where you get priceless publicity and you only actually contribute a third yeah. and the regular public pay two-thirds through taxes. This is why you can see the yellow vest guys go, wait a minute. Now, at least one of those billionaires I read said, I don't want a tax deduction. I'm not going to ask They've all said it or take it. In they? fairness, yes. Yeah, yeah. I must so, cl- so that has hopefully maybe taken that issue off the table. Yes. No, no, I agree. <laughs> if they want to give money to the to the cathedral, I think it's absolutely wonderful. They, as we said before, they can spend their money where they like. Yeah. It also r- brings up other social issues, which is the reason, ironically, that the builders, that the, the, the fire started was because they were working on construction that had been delayed for many, many years because they couldn't find the money publicly, mm, the mm. public's works. They couldn't fund it. But overnight, Macron has found it, you know, as is often the case, right? And this point is a good one in that, you know, all of the cathedrals, or it's my understanding, many, if not all of the cathedrals in France are now overseen by this building antiquities mm. department of the government. So the government is in charge of yeah. their maintenance and upkeep and upgrading. Mm. And, you know, these days it's hard to find big money for a lot of these projects. So there are, you know, uh, many other notable cathedrals around France that are not getting the upgrading, the the sprinklers, the whatever that they need, Mm. as well as Notre Dame had not, right? So the bigger, I guess, question going forward is, are we going to see this happen, you know, in other parts of France with other cathedrals that Mm. have likewise not had the chance to uh, be retrofitted with, you know, the proper fire safety, et cetera? No, it's a great point. Not only France, but other countries, because as austerity measures increase, this is a, a, a very important debate. Should taxpayers' money be used to save these antiquities and national treasures? My argument would always be yes, even though I sound like I'm being quite critical. As someone who's written books on history and heritage, if you can't protect the few antiquities, museums and exhibitions and and churches that you have, I think you're losing a little bit of your country's soul if you can't preserve what you have. You know, I'm not going to... It's not often I wave your country's flag, but the one thing I do like about America is that and tell me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of their museums around Washington, firstly, they're free, which I think all museums should be, at least for citizens. They're mostly free. And secondly, there are, as you say, public works committees in America that pay 
to upkeep these mm. museums. The Americans see that as a very part, key part of their nationalism, their nation building, as does Singapore. Sure. And I do think that we have a kind of historic and, yeah, almost moral responsibility to preserve what we have. Look, then you get into that, well, you can't preserve everything, you know, so I get that. But if you've got an 850-year-old cathedral sure. and it's your most popular tourism symbol in France, it gets more visitors than the Eiffel Tower and the wow. Louvre. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Mm. Then I think, yes, it should have been protected and preserved a little earlier mm. and maybe this fire wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, if you're a billionaire and you're going to donate, please do. I just don't want to see brought to you by Louis Vuitton across, you know, here is the, the Gucci well, wing. I don't want to see that. There are a couple of funny cartoons, you know, Tostitos, uh, yeah, Tostitos exactly. Dome or whatever, you know, in the, in the front of it. I, I, obviously, that's not going to happen there. We mm. won't let that happen. Good. Neil Humphreys, thank you very much for this Wild World episode and talking about Notre Dame. <laughs> 